Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Midwest Mamas, just some friends finding the good in the world. I'm your host, Alexa. And I'm your other host, Melissa. This awesome music is coming to you from Aaron Moses. Go check him out. Okay, listeners, we are so excited to have Molly Stillman on our show today. She is a blogger and a podcaster, and we heard about her from another company who will be on our show coming up here soon, Sudara, and they just encouraged us to reach out to her because she's a big big advocate for ethical fashion and encouraging women and mamas to live out their purpose in life. And if you haven't checked her out yet, she is an amazing person and has so much to say, and we could just talk to her for hours. So we hope you enjoy Molly Stillman. Okay, listeners, we have Molly Stillman with us today. Hi, Molly. Hi, how are you? We are great. We are so glad that you're on our show today, and we can't wait to spread your story to our listeners. So for our listeners who might not be familiar with you. Can you please share and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, so I am um, a wife to John. I am a mom to Lily and Amos, and I am a blogger and a podcaster, and that's what I do for a living. I love it. Um, I also travel and speak and teach classes and workshops and all that kind of stuff, so it's just, uh, I love that this is the weird job that I have whenever people ask me what I do and I tell them that that's what I do, that I'm a content creator. People are like, wait, what? That's what you do for a living? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, it's really great. Uh, And I just, I love that this is something I get to, to do for a living and connect with people like you and make friends all over the world. So it's awesome. It is really awesome. So how did you get started on your blog? And like when you started, like who are you envisioning your audience to be? <laughs> so I'm laughing because um, when I started my blog in 2007, I wanted to be the next version of The Onion. If you oh, know what The Onion is, yeah. like the satirical mm-hmm. news website. So um, I actually have a background in sketch and improvisational comedy. Um, I did that for about 15 years. And so my dream was to be on Saturday Night Live. That was my lifelong dream. Uh-huh. That was all I ever wanted to do. And I, <laughs> so when I graduated college, I first got a job working for the then governor of Virginia, Tim Kaine. And oh. so I was working in politics. And then when my fellowship ended, I became a high school English teacher. And so I, to, you know, since I was doing comedy shows at night and I was working these, you know, kind of typical nine to five jobs during the day mm-hmm. and I didn't have, I, I just, I really wanted to be able to flex a creative muscle. And um, I my my degree is actually in English with a concentrative concentration in creative writing. So I've just always loved to write. It's how I express myself. And, um, you know, whenever I kind of need to just dump my whatever is going on in my brain, I write. And so I started this blog because I loved 
I love satire. I love parody and I loved the onion. And so I was like, I'm going to do that. I'm that's what I'm <laughs> going to write about. And I'm going to be hilarious and everybody's <laughs> going to read it. Um, clearly, as you can see from what I'm doing today, that panned out very well. Um, <laughs> so it eventually kind of just transitioned as my life transitioned. Um, those first few years after college, are so hard. Um, those first few years of adulthood when you just don't know what in the heck you are doing with your life. And so my life really started to shift and change. And I was doing all these comedy shows and I was making people laugh on stage. Um, but inside I was, um, a broken human being. Um, I was a mess. And so my, um, my, my life really just started to kind of go downhill and I was heading towards rock bottom. Um, I was in a ton of debt. I was in a really, uh, toxic relationship. I was hiding the fact from everybody that I was in debt. Mm -hmm. Um, I was as far from God as you possibly could be. I mean, I was, I was in the far country. I was gone. And, um, as I just started to write and share what was going on in my life, um, little bits and pieces here and there, obviously there were a lot that I kept very secret. Um, but as I began to share those things and be transparent about what it was like to, um, to work four jobs at once and wow. what it was like to move to a state where I didn't really know anybody. And, um, I just started to share bits and pieces of my life. And all of a sudden I realized that there were people reading it that, you know, weren't my dad and my sister. And, <laughs> yeah. and, um, pretty soon, like I had people from all over the world sending me these emails or messages or leaving comments, just saying, Hey, you know, this, this particular post really impacted me or, Hey, I, it really feels good to know that I'm not alone in this or whatever. And, I realized like, you know, this is a platform that I can use to impact people. Um, I can use to, to bring some good in the world. Um, I, in 2010, um, I came to faith in Jesus Christ and, um, like not to sound like so cliche, but like my life literally was completely transformed. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying life got easy, uh, but, but life got so much better. Um, and I, I felt the freest I'd ever felt. Um, and so I began to just kind of share my faith with people. I began to share what that looked like and, and, and how my life was changing. And, and then by 2012, um, I just got married and I rebranded my blog. Um, and I just began to really take it more seriously, not that I wasn't taking it seriously before, but I really began to be intentional with the content I was creating and um, realized that I could begin to monetize it. And so I started to monetize it. And then by the end of 2013, beginning of 2014, I was able to leave my day job and pursue it full time. And uh, so the kind of the rest is history. That's amazing. What an incredible story, like, and that, you know, like, then I like how you said, um, you just kind of stopped and realized you needed to start talking and like being realistic. Cause I think yeah. so many people do just try to cover up when they're struggling and, yeah. um, that just yeah. takes a lot to be vulnerable and to open yourself up with honesty like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was, um, I mean, so I became debt free in March of 2012, like the beginning of March, right after my husband and I got married. Um, and it took me six months to even write the blog post sharing I'm debt free. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't do the like call Dave Ramsey and scream I'm debt free, any of that. Cause I was still <laughs> so ashamed and so embarrassed and I, I became debt free. I was debt free. I was married and debt free. Yeah. And I still was so embarrassed and so ashamed by it um, because I had made so many terrible mistakes. And so I had to really yeah. begin to, I had to go back. I had to start making amends um, with friends that I had really hurt uh, mm. along the way because I had kept so many things secret that I had really begun to push people away. And so I had to go back and apologize and I had to, to mend friendships and I had to, um, you know, I, I just, I hadn't even told my family. I mean, when I published the blog post six months after I became debt free sharing my story, I mm. had to like call my dad and my sister and be like, Hey, uh, so I just wrote this thing and you're going to be like, what? Uh, so this was this thing that was going on for the last like five years, four years. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was really difficult. And yes. So, but, but the moment that I shared that all of a sudden it was like the floodgates opened and people were like, me too. I don't, you know, I'm in this debt or I, this is something I struggled with. And it was just like, mm-hmm. I realized that nobody was talking about these issues. And and so that's just mm-hmm. something that I've really tried to, um, yes, I still maintain obviously a, a, a very important sense of privacy, but also I realized that the moment that we begin to destigmatize these types of conversations, the more yes. that we can all feel connected on a more personal level. Yeah. Well, and I think that's true with so many things, like not just that, but like anxiety and that there's just so many things oh, that yeah. people do cover up and like do get ashamed of, but that they um, just, yeah, try to hide it. And I thank you for being brave. And, you know, I feel like we need more people like that because I feel like then once you do start talking about it, people, that is when they're like, oh, yeah, I struggle with that, too. Like, mm-hmm. I can relate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so difficult, but it's so important. Yes. Woo, what well, a story, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for telling that. Thank you. Um, so on your blog, which, by the way, everything is so organized. Yes. I'm so jealous <laughs> of, like, how you can set everything up. And it's so organized. There's a spot for everything. <laughs> I just love it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so organized. You have all these topics. Yeah. And every, like, it's so easy to navigate. So oh, awesome. kudos well, to you. I yeah. just spent a lot of money redoing my website this oh, year. Oh, did so you? That is it a looks really great wonderful feedback because yeah it was like a nine-month process and it just launched um or I guess the 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 redesign launched at the end of January and so it was a very very long process and cost me a lot of money so uh but it was worth it and it was something I knew I needed to do for a long time but I really appreciate you saying that feedback (laughs) yeah it looks wonderful we were envious of it yeah (laughs) One thing I did um, notice was like you you mentioned that you love essential oils and you're obsessed with essential oils. Yes. I, I'm going to admit it. I have not even tried one single essential oil and I have not jumped on that bandwagon yet. And but I, feel, I have. I know. All of my <laughs> friends have and I just I'm not there yet. Um, so do you think they work, first of all? And if you do, which I know you do because you write about it a lot, <laughs> yeah. which ones do you think I should try as a newbie? 
since I've never tried them before. Oh, man. Okay. So I was the most skeptical of all skeptics. Uh-huh. I was like the person I was like, Mm-mm, that is a bunch of witchcraft. That's a bunch of honky stuff. That's like, what Alexa thinks. Yeah. yeah. I was I'm kind of there, but... <laughs> I was not on board at all. Um, and, but so I, five years ago, um, it was right after my daughter was born. I had all these people talking to me about oils and I'd heard people talking about oils and, you know, when you have your first child, uh, all of a sudden you are hyper aware of everything you are putting in and around your body. Yeah. Because when you're pregnant, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, like there's this other thing mm-hmm. that I'm growing. And so anything that uh, that touches your body, like is being absorbed into your skin and is going to your baby. And yeah. um, I mean, pe- like things like I did not realize that our skin is actually an organ. Like mm-hmm. our skin is our lar- largest organ. Mm-hmm. And anything that you touch that is absorbed through your skin is absorbed within 26 seconds of it touching your body. And so it, you know, especially like in areas like the bottoms of your feet, um, your spine, the like your hands, those Uh things like your, that's where your largest pores are. And actually the bottoms of your feet really. And so anything that you put there is absorbed within 20, 26 seconds. And so all of a sudden I started to think about like, oh my goodness, all of the products that I use, like yeah. have all these toxic chemicals in them. I started to learn about synthetic fragrances and all these kinds of things. And so I just started to do research because I was like, okay, there's something here. And so I, I did research. I did about nine months of research. Holy moly. Wow. Yes. Because I'm that person. Because I was like, I don't believe all this like hoopla that people Mm -hmm. are throwing at me. And so I'm going to do my research. And so I researched every um, essential oil company that I could find. I called, I was, this is y'all, this is the type of person I am. I called them. I was like asking them how they farm, like where they get their oils from, all this kind of stuff. So um, the only company, and I am like, I'm being fully transparent here. The only yeah. company that would fully answer all of my questions was Young Living. Yep. Um, that's what I found too. Only company that answered all my questions. All the other companies would either dodge them or like not give me a full answer or like not be able to answer it. But it was like the person I talked to on the phone at Young, like knew every single answer was like, yep, this is how this is done. This is how this is done. So I was like, okay, yep. here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy this kit from my friend. I'm going to buy this diffuser. I'm going to buy some of these oils and I'm going to give it a try. I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm yeah. doing it. My husband knew because it's our money. So he's going to be like, what is right. this? Um, and I was like, <laughs> yep. but I'm not going to tell anybody. And if it doesn't work, then whatever, you know, my room will smell nice. Um, like, <laughs> I, you know, then I have some nice deodorizing things or whatever. Um, and so I used them for about six months before I even told anybody. Okay. Um, so I started small because I had gotten just kind of like a starter kit and I started small with oils like thieves, which is a blend, um, of essential oils. And I love the story behind it. I'll just going to tell a quick story. So the story, yeah, why the blend is called thieves is during the time of the bubonic plague, there were grave robbers that would literally rob the graves of plague victims. Um, and they would, they would cover themselves in this blend of herbs and spices and oils, and they were not getting the plague. 
Um, and so that, that, that blend of herbs and spices is actually what makes up the essential oil blend thieves, which is why we use it for cleaning and immune Uh system support, all that kind of stuff. So it also smells like fall. Like you just smell it. You're like, yeah, fall. Like it it smells amazing. Um, and so I started with that. Um, I started with frankincense, uh, lavender for supporting sleep. I started with peppermint for supporting like neck and head tension. Like I just started with those things and I just, I, I felt better. I was sleeping better. My kid, my, my daughter wasn't getting sick. I wasn't getting sick. Like everybody around me was getting sick, but we weren't. Or like if we did catch something, mm-hmm. I was, I was getting better faster than everybody else. Huh. Um, yeah. And I just, but I, I just, again, I had more energy. I, and I just was like, I I think there might be something to this. And so, um, I continued to do more research and just learned and, um, just read as much as I could. Um, and I just, I became a believer and honestly, the more, I mean, five years in, um, to using them, we, my husband uses them. I use them. My kids use them. Like we have oils in every room of our house, diffusers in every room of our house. Like I make custom blends for me and my kids. Um, but the, I've really become, like, yes, there's all this discussion, like, oh, like Young Living's a multi-level marketing company. And like, I, that's a whole nother conversation for another right. day. Um, <laughs> but like essential oils have been around since biblical times. Like this is right. not yeah. a new fad. People think it's a new fad. They think it's this like, you know, just a marketing scheme. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Like open your Bibles. <laughs> yeah. Oils have been around since the beginning of creation. Um And if you're, even if you're not a Christian, like read any historical document and you can read about people thousands of years ago using essential oils. Um, and, and I believe this is my belief is that God put these plants and these flowers and these herbs and these spices on this planet for us to use, um, for both, not just food and for, you know, beautiful flowers to look at and smell and for the bees to pollinate and all that kind of stuff. But like they have scientific properties, like there's frequencies within these things that affect our body at a molecular level. Um, so there's actually a lot of science behind it as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I highly recommend, like if you're listening and you're like a real sciencey person, um, go to PubMed, which is through the, through NIH. Um, mm. there are a ton of studies, like scientific studies done on these things. Um, so it's not just a bunch of just, you know, marketing jargon. Like there is right. actual science behind it. Um, and so just the more that I've learned, the more that I'm like, oh man, it's got so cool. Creation is so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's where I stand. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. And if, as far as like, which one do you think you should try as a newbie? I always say like, go with lavender first because it's the Swiss army knife of oils. Like you can literally use it for anything. You can like clean with it. You can diffuse it. You can diffuse it for sleep, you know, put it on the bottoms of your feet. Like it's great. If you have like the occasional like scrape or cut and bruise, I mean, it's just, it's amazing. So that's what I would recommend. I can't wait to have my husband listen to this. I know, mine too. (laughs) Because I, my sister and like I have a good friend and uh, my aunts, like they're all like strong, like oils, you know, like in Young Living. And so we've gotten some, but my husband's still like, eh, you know, but now I can be like, no, there's science. I'll tell you the oil that made my husband a believer is uh, an oil blend called Digize. 
Um, and it does exactly kind of what it sounds like. Um, it supports the digestive system. Uh, that is the one that made him a believer. He was like, this stuff is legit. So <laughs> and did you, how did you like, did you put that on your body or ingest it? So, yeah, no, he puts it on his stomach. If he, if his digestive system needs a, some support, I use it as well. Um, there's a, dif- there's a diluted one, a pre-diluted one for kids called tummy jays. Um, mm-hmm. and my kids use it. Like if they're like, mommy, I need my tummy jays. Like they, they know, and it works. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. So if my husband spends too long in the bathroom, I could recommend this. (laughs) Yep. There you go. That's hilarious. Well, and I love that you um, said like how after you had kids, you started paying more attention to like the things Mm -hmm. actually like going on our body. And that's something within this last year. I've just become more aware, like never really thinking like about just lathering myself in Bath and Body Works lotion and just like putting whatever shampoo. And then I um, just heard last fall, I forget who it was, but they were just talking about how many toxins like are in so many products that people just aren't even aware. And I was just like, huh. Mm-hmm. And so then I saw on your website, you talked about finding the best natural deodorant. Yeah. Which, I would love to hear that because that's one like that I was trying to find, you know, like you, they're just in makeup. Like there's just so many toxins. It's mind blowing. And so do you want to share with us the best natural deodorant you found? What were your results? <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I have tried a lot of brands um, mm-hmm. and in that blog post, I shared four of the ones that I liked the best. And I think honestly, um, and I know this is not like the most perfect answer, but it kind of okay. depends on your needs. Um, mm-hmm. So I have found, and I've had a lot of people that share this. If you've ever tried a natural deodorant and you have experienced irritation, you are 99.99% the irritating ingredient in there is baking soda. Um, so baking soda with some people, it's obviously it's a natural ingredient. It's not toxic or anything, but some people, their skin reacts to baking soda. So if you have that issue, you just get a baking soda free deodorant. And um, they have a lot, a lot of brands now carry that because some people react to baking soda. Um, So the baking soda free deodorant I recommend most is called, it's by the brand Meow Meow Tweet is the name of the company. It's such a funny company. Um, You can actually get it at Target. Um, Okay. If if your local Target doesn't have it online um, or doesn't have it in store, you can get it online. Um, And it's the grapefruit one. And it comes in a little tub. And so you just like put a little bit on your finger and you rub it underneath your armpits. So um, it's sort of free. Um, It's great. Uh, Then the three other ones that I love are Schmitz, Native, and then Primally Pure. And then out of those three, I would recommend the most Primally Pure. Um, oh. Primally Pure, and then out of all the scents that Primally Pure has, I personally love their charcoal deodorant and then their um, Blue Tansy. And the thing with natural deodorant in general is mm-hmm. less is more. You do not need to be like swiping 19 times. Oh gosh, um, I've been doing that. Yeah, you don't need to do that at all. Um, oh. Other things too, depending on the formula, but most formulas, because of the ingredients that are in them, you would hold it underneath of your armpit for like 10 seconds to kind of warm it up and it's going to apply smoother. Um, so you just kind of do one swipe and boom, you're done. You don't need to do like two or three. Um, 
so it also lasts you a little bit longer. Um, this is mind-boggling. And then, and then, um, if you are switching from like conventional deodorant that contains aluminum, mm-hmm. um, over time, what has happened is your pores underneath of your armpit actually get clogged, um, and there's there becomes like a buildup of kind of those those ingredients, those chemicals build up underneath of your armpit. So you need to do a armpit detox. <laughs> And I know this sounds so bizarre, but if you have, if you have not done that and you've switched from a conventional deodorant to a natural deodorant, I highly recommend you do that because the effectiveness of your natural deodorant is going to be so much better. You can just Google armpit detox and it's like the first or second result you can see, but basically all you need is something called bentonite clay and apple cider vinegar. You mix them together, you create a little like paste and you put it's like a mask and you put it on your armpit and you leave it there for like 20 minutes and then rinse it off and then boom you're done that's it but what that does is it gets in there and gets all of those chemicals out um and those toxins out and um now the other thing that people don't realize is like you you will still sweat with natural deodorant Uh like you're gonna sweat it's not an antiperspirant it's a deodorant But, um, so often people think like, oh, but you know, I, I sweat so much or whatever I have found in, I guess I started using natural deodorant like three years ago. Mm -hmm. I have found I sweat less now. Hmm. Um, Hmm. I mean, yes, I still sweat, but I, I don't sweat as much as I used to. Um, and I, I really do attribute it to, I think your body just begins to produce sweat more naturally. Um, and I mean, I, I don't stink. <laughs> like, I don't think I stink. Um, so yeah, I, but it's something I'm really passionate about because what those antiperspirant deodorants, like conventional antiperspirants and deodorants, like mm-hmm. they are designed to basically keep you from sweating, which is not what your body needs to do. So yeah. So hmm. <laughs> anyway, I could talk, clearly talk about this all day long because I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, I think it is so fascinating. And I, my friend Lindsay, she talked me into going to natural deodorant, but I don't remember the step about putting clay in my armpit. So I missed yeah, that. I know it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird thing. I know, but it really does work. But yeah, go, just Google armpit detox and there's a couple, um, articles about it and it is a game changer if you want to like get the most effectiveness out of your natural deodorant. Oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. It, <laughs> it looks weird. Cause you're just like walking around the house with your armpit, like, <laughs> your arm, like up in the air, but just do it while you're Thank watching you for sharing those watching Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, that's funny. So we know one of your other passions is fashion. And on your blog, you share about your love for Able. So yeah. can you tell our listeners what this company is and why you feel so passionate about supporting this company? Oh, man. Well, I mean, just in general, one of my my biggest things that I'm most passionate about, and I talk about it all the time on my blog and on social media and on my podcast is ethical and fair trade fashion and purchasing, um, purchasing with purpose is kind of what I call it and supporting brands and companies that are, um, you know, manufacturing their goods ethically. They are, mm-hmm. you know, you know, good for the environment. They're good for the people that work for them, all that kind of stuff. So that's just it's something I'm sh- extremely passionate about. Um, and Able is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite ethical fashion brands. They are based out of Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, um, 
And they uh, actually started, and what their original name was Fashion Able. Um, so fashionable, but like fashion with the all able, cap, cap, all capitalized. Um, and what their whole mantra is, or whatever you want to call it, um, is they are all about empowering women through job creation. Um, and so both domestically and abroad. So they uh, they hire um, women who are transitioning out of homelessness or transitioning out of domestic violence shelters or um, all those kinds of situations, women who need the opportunity for employment here in um in the Nashville area. Um, and then they partner with artisan partner groups um, in Brazil, in Ethiopia, oh, wow. in Peru, I believe. Um, so they have a couple artisan partner groups across the globe. Um, and those artisan partners, um, they pay um, a fair and living wage for their artisans. Um, they they manufacture everything ethically. Um, and in fact, they've become one of the most transparent ethical brands there is. It, they were the first ethical brand. They now publish their wages. Oh, so they publish oh. how much they pay their people, um, which is an incredible um, step towards more transparency in the fashion mm-hmm. industry. Um, yeah, so yeah. I just... Um, I just love this company, not only for their mission and the way that they um, are empowering women um, both here and abroad, but um, also their stuff is freaking cute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they are. Um, I kind of compare them to like Madewell or J. Crew, like very mm-hmm. along that line. They have incredible denim. Um, their shoes are amazing. Their bags are amazing. They make just great um, kind of elevated staples. So I, yeah, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan. I cannot say enough good things about them. So yeah, I, I'm, I will preach all about how much I love Abel to the end of time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'd never heard of it before. And so just kind of looking through your blog, I was like, wow, this is really cute stuff. Yeah. They're really, really cute. And they, um, I mean, you know, their denim is, incredibly high quality. So it's going to be a pricier denim, but I I mean, I equate it to like, you're buying, I mean, it's like buying designer denim, which for me, I, that's like the one, the one thing in my closet that I will invest a lot of money in is denim because I wear it so much and I will like I have denim that I've worn for years and years and years. Mm-hmm, so yeah. I'd rather buy a pair of $198 jeans that I'm, is going to last me for 10 years than yeah. a pair of $30 old Navy jeans that are going to last me a season. Yeah, um, true. You know what I mean? So it's, to me, it's a huge difference in quality. Um, and just, yeah, they're, they're just amazing. But then they also, like I said, they've got great, um, kind of elevated basics. They're, you know, V-neck tees are the softest thing on the planet. I have this jumpsuit that they just came out with that oh. I was like, it's going to look ridiculous on me. And it is <laughs> the most comfortable thing I've ever worn in my life. And my husband's like, uh, I didn't think I would like jumpsuits, but I <laughs> like that on you. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And, oh, and their denim, I have my denim jacket from Abel. I wear, almost every day like (laughs) is that the jacket that you have your picture on your blog Uh, yeah and yeah I I literally wear it almost every day so (laughs) do they have a store there in Nashville or is it all online they do have a brick and mortar store in Nashville and I really want to go see it Um, oh 
I'm yeah. going there this weekend, so Yeah, you have to go you have to go to their flagship store. Okay. I'm going to. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell my sister in law, I'll be like, So I have a new store I want to go to. Oh yeah. Yeah, you will love it. Cool. Okay, awesome. And we love how you started a podcast to support businesses with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share why you decided to start a podcast after, you know, being so successful with your blog and um, about some of the businesses that have affected your life? Yeah, I um, so I have a background actually in radio. I did work in radio for a few years um, when I moved to North Carolina. And so I love that medium. Um, and yes, podcasting is obviously different, but there are a lot of similarities to it. And so I always wanted to start a podcast. And then I just kept dragging my feet and dragging my feet. And finally, one summer, it was actually the summer of 2016, my, my husband was like, oh, dear God, Molly, just start the podcast. Like you've been talking about it for three years. Just do it. And I was like, oh, Okay. Okay. Um, and I realized that I really wanted it to be an extension of my blog because while you can tell a story, obviously through the written word and pictures, Mm -hmm. there's something about hearing a story and, and being able to hear somebody's emotion and tone and inflection. And so I wanted to be able to create an outlet where I could further tell the stories of these incredible business owners who are changing the world in so many different ways. Uh, And so I started it uh, in September. It launched in September of 2016. Um, So over two and a half years in, I have yet to have a repeat guest um, with the exception of my friend Emily from the Flourish Market. Um, She has co-hosted my gift guide episode the last two years. So, but, but that's like a little special episode. It's not really, you know, uh, better than that. Um, you know, I've, you know, I've have almost 140 episodes. Um, so 140 different entrepreneurs um, and business owners that are just doing incredible things to change the world, both in their small communities, um, wherever they are to people that are working, um, to fight human trafficking to people who are working to, um, create, um, you know, less waste and less plastic in, in developing nations to, I mean, you name it, I have talked to them. Um, and it's, it's such a joy for me to do. I love it so much. Yeah, that's great. Well, and that, like, that's kind of like what we want to do too, is like, just fine. And not, I was going to say advertise. That's not, I don't know. Support, just support people who are like doing good. And I was, when I was talking to Alexa, I was like, have you heard Molly's like intro like it's so professional like and we were laughing because it's like that's what we want to do where we're like we want to like support you know like businesses and like get their word out and like you're just so much better at saying all that like where I was like she says exactly like what we've been trying but we're just like and here's Molly everyone like (laughs) no I mean it takes um you know it's I have tweaked and changed things over two and a half years and you know you kind of learn what works and what doesn't I mean when I started because my husband and I met working in radio and my husband has this very like deep radio voice and like the big radio voice and so I actually the first uh I don't even know like probably first 40 to 50 episodes my intro it just like it goes right like 
the intro starts right away and it's like his big radio voice introducing the show because I thought that that was what I should have. And then somebody was like, no, you should have your voice as the intro because it's your show and all these kinds yeah. of things. I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know that. And so, you know, like you mm-hmm. kind of learn what works and what doesn't and feel free to kind of tweak and change things. And um, yeah, it's definitely a learning process. And I'm, goodness, I am still learning and trying to figure out like, okay, how can I make it better? How can I make it better? And so that's something I'm just- But it's super fun. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, and we'll just ask a few more questions and then wrap it up here. So I just want, I was listening to one of your podcasts the other day about just the Marie Kondo uh, phenomenon and just how everyone's like, I got to find joy and like just getting yeah. rid of all their stuff. And so you, I like that because I think, and I did that. I was like, uh, we got to get rid of all this stuff, you know, like, so I mm-hmm. like how you did a podcast and I think everyone should go listen to it. You just gave some simple, just tips and ideas for like, what's next. Like after you have all these piles of stuff, like that, you no longer want, which I think is great, you know, simplifying, but like, can you just share with our listeners some of the tips instead of just taking it all straight to goodwill? Because that's exactly what I did. Yeah. (laughs) And then after I listened to your podcast, I was like, well, those were some better ideas. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, and in full transparency, that is what I did for a long time is I just took everything to goodwill because I was like, oh, that's what you do is you get rid of things and they go to goodwill. Um, The reality is, is about 80% of things that are donated to goodwill never actually get sold. So they either go to a landfill, they get exported to developing nations, um, they get trashed. uh, Yeah. So it's about 80% of goods uh, nationwide um, that go to goodwill. So um, the 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 reality is, is that we are in, in a bit of a crisis in our world with the way that we dispose of our stuff. Um, plastic does not go away um, for about 500 years. Um, it takes about 500 years estimated uh, for, for plastic to kind of disintegrate or whatever you want to call it. Uh, a long time. <laughs> yeah. So like every piece of plastic that has ever been created is still on the planet in some form or another. Um, oh, it's weird. Yeah. And so, you know, and I'm not like super, you know, tree hugging hippie. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I do my best. Yeah. Um, but it is, I believe in being a good steward of the planet mm-hmm. and, the, and the things that we've been given. Um, mm-hmm. So, it, and then the same with our textiles. Um, the average American uh, throws away about 80 pounds of textiles a year. That's uh, that is nuts. It's nuts. Um, and so our landfills are overflown with textiles. Um, we export so many of our textiles to developing nations that it's hurting the economies of those nations. Um, we just are not getting rid of our stuff the way we should. So mm-hmm. when the Marie Kondo trend research, like there was the resurgence of it with, with her Netflix show. Mm-hmm. It just made me nervous because I kept seeing all these news articles about how thrift stores and and Goodwills are overrun with people and they don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. 
So when we take that into account, we have to think about, okay, well then what is a more thoughtful way to get rid of our stuff, so to speak? Um, So, I mean, I go over all of those things in the podcast. So I talk about textile recycling. I talk about more sustainable ways to donate your clothes. Um, But actually one of the things that I, I say all the time too is, Now, this might sound crazy, but I actually really believe that one of the best way to get rid of your things is to try to sell them first. Um, A site like ThreadUp or Poshmark or local, you know, the Facebook marketplace or local buy pages or whatever, because um, not only is it benefiting you because you get to sell and earn some cash, but somebody who buys a particular clothing item or, you know, used furniture or whatever, whatever the thing is that you're getting rid of, they are more likely to use it. And so you're extending the life of that thing. And so the more that you can do to extend the life of your items, and I'm not saying keep everything, no, get like, I'm all about purging, but just being thoughtful in how do we extend the life of these things um, that we have. Um, And so then, so there's all different kinds of ways to do that. Um, And then obviously then it's, it's about changing your mindset when it comes to then how do you purchase things? So Mm -hmm. when you go to purchase things, is it something you actually need? Like, Mm -hmm. do you, is this an impulse buy? Do you actually need it? Can you buy it secondhand? Um, so taking those things into account, it's just a big, big mindset shift because I've seen so many people who purge all these things that they that no longer spark joy, but then they go right back out and buy all new things to replace it. Yeah. And then they're going to be, they're going to not spark joy in a year and they're going right. to, it's like mm-hmm. a, a vicious cycle. So yep. now I love fashion. I love clothes. I love jewelry, but mm-hmm. I am much more thoughtful now when I do purchase things. So it, when I purchase something, I think, will I wear this thing 30 times, at mm. least 30 times? If the answer is no, then I don't buy it. Mm. That's a so, good question to that ask. That is a good question. Yeah. So it's sort of this this idea of 30 wears. So mm. it, is this particular item, these shoes, these jeans, this dress, this top, whatever it is, Will mm-hmm. you wear it at least 30 times? And if the answer is no, then don't buy it. And not only are like you going to save yourself some money, but you're you're going to extend the life of of clothes more than most people. Um, like that Able jacket that I was telling you about. Like, yeah. So I have this app where I track everything that I wear um, oh, yeah. in my closet. And like I got that able jacket in August and I've already worn it like 90 times or something like that. Like I wear it all the time, but that's a piece that I was willing to invest in because it's something I know I was going to wear. You know, my favorite pair of jeans I've worn 60 plus times, you know, my, Mm -hmm. my favorite boots from the root collective I have worn a hundred times. So these are, and then, you know what, when I get a rip in my favorite jeans, instead of throwing them out, guess what? I take them to a tailor and I have the tailor match them or I have the zip placed. Like we have forgotten what our grandparents did. Like when Mm -hmm. our grandparents were growing up and they didn't go out and just buy new clothes, they repaired it. Um, And yes, there are times where it's finally, it's worn out to the point that you can't wear it anymore. But like I've had my favorite pair of jeans patched two or three times and I've had this, the button replaced and all that kind of stuff. Like I do whatever I can to, 
to extend the life of my clothes. So, and I'm not perfect. I am not perfect yeah. by any means. Like there are certainly things that I've purchased that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to definitely wear that 30 wears. And then I realize like, I'm like, actually, I don't think I like this as much. So it's, it's not yeah. a perfect system, but it has definitely helped me um, curb unnecessary spending and, um, mm-hmm. and also just, I, I've discovered like what I really like and what is my style. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love that. Very cool. Well, we know you are such a busy person and with your family <laughs> and all the things you're, you're doing. So what is something you do to take care of yourself after a busy day? Um, well, I think for me, it's actually starting my day. Uh, for me, like I try to get to the gym, um, in the morning before my kids get up. Um, so going to the gym, um, showering, <laughs> getting dressed. <laughs> Uh, putting on a cute outfit and like putting on makeup and brushing my hair. Like for some people, I realize that that's not a priority and that's okay. Mm-hmm. For me, I just feel more human. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. Molly and not just a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I really do try to prioritize. I try to prioritize, I prioritize time um, in my Bible, doing my Bible study, um, writing in my, uh, write the word journal, things like that. Like those kinds of things are really, really important to me. Um, and so that's kind of the beginning and the end of my day are focused doing those things. And then obviously the rest of my day is pretty much dedicated to either work or my kids or both mm-hmm. at the same time. Yep. <laughs> We understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, Molly, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule. I mean, we are just honored that you um, did that and we really appreciate it. And I feel like I have like 5,000 more questions for you about health and oils <laughs> and things. But maybe we'll have to do another podcast later okay. for that. Part two. <laughs> Anytime. I would love it. Well, thank you so much, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Yeah, thank you, Molly. Thank you so much. It was truly a pleasure. Oh, and can you just tell everyone, so if they want to follow you, because they should, where can they <laughs> find you? Uh, my blog is stillbeingmolly.com, um, and you can access both my blog and my podcast on there. But my podcast is called Business with Purpose, and you can find it on any podcast app. And I am on social media at Still Being Molly and at Business with Purpose Podcast. Perfect. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Molly. We appreciate it. And we hope you have a great week. Thank you. You too. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but Alexa and I really, really enjoy talking to Molly today. I feel like we had so many more questions for her, but just to respect her time, we didn't want to continue on and on. But it's definitely something that just opened my eyes more to all the essential oils and just the natural deodorants, just so many things that are amazing. So Molly, we are grateful for you and we hope today you enjoyed this conversation and that you go follow her, Still Being Molly. So she has so many neat things on her website that she talked about where you can just find more information and support her. And listeners, we would love to hear your thoughts on everything. If you could rate and review us, that would be wonderful. So we can get some tips for the future. And please subscribe below. Goodbye, everyone.